This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. One of Malaysia's biggest ACG conventions, Animangaki, returns for its 15th year this weekend at the Mines International Exhibition and Convention Center or MIECC. Despite being one of the veterans in the anime, comics and games scene, what is it like for them to operate in a period where interest in the scene is a bit more mainstream compared to before? Joining me to reflect on this are Yvonne Singh and Jolene Lim. Hi, hi. My name is Yvonne Singh. I am the uh, founder and also one of the directors of Animangaki. Hi everyone, uh, this is Jolin. I am the other event director for Animangaki. Alright, okay. Yeah. So, obviously you guys have been around for years uh, now. Uh, this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be your 15th year organizing Animangaki, right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Alright, so let's let's talk about um, the current state of the uh, ACG scene in Malaysia. You know, and ACG, for listeners out there who are not familiar with the term, is anime, comic, gaming scene in Malaysia. Um, how has it evolved over the years? Man, I think it's grown in like crazy popular uh, popular right now. Um, we're seeing it almost mainstream. Mm. At this point, yeah. yeah, like malls, shopping malls, and even bigger brands are like getting into it. So this is pretty cool, at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fun to see the shift. Uh, we actually saw the shift after COVID time also, because uh, pre-COVID we had to mostly hide ourselves. From the community, uh, from the public as well. So after pre-COVID, yeah, as Yvonne mentioned, it, it went to mainstream. So it's kind of cool to see that uh, it's more accepting nowadays. Families are bringing their kids. Uh, they're also joining in the activities as well. It's like a family bonding thing. You brought malls uh, just now, and mm. that that's a good example of something that I've been observing myself. Um, sure. I think okay, because I'm surrounded by people who are into the scene. I always assume that it has always been big, but but for some reason, I realized that yeah, it has been getting. I would say. Maybe maybe in terms of scale, bigger as well, but at the same time, more mainstream. Yeah, in the form mm. of like, you see a lot more events happening. Uh, on a weekly basis, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, on a weekly basis, yeah. You want to be very, I mean, direct about it, right? Correct. Yeah, so so uh, what led to that? Mm. Well, personally for me, I think two things. One is definitely, um, yeah, I think we see more of the shift from uh, covid uh, post COVID, uh, post COVID, they even partially due to um the accessibility of these contents now. Um, with the advent of Netflix and you know COVID in combination, a lot more people are consuming uh these contents online, and I think. Uh, yeah, actually, because Netflix also sort of overlap with the mainstream crowd. <laughs> so I think being exposed to the geek content is what is probably leading to like more growing popularity. Mm. And then the second point would be um, the general acceptance of it. So now we're seeing, I, I had a friend who recently asked me too, like, hey, where do I get to buy, you know, cosplay costume for my eight-year-old kid? That is pretty much unheard of during my parents' time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, so this is this has gotten really interesting for us as well. It's, uh, you know, we've been in the market for like, I think a decade now. Mm. So for us, to see this shift is also very intriguing and also very exciting at the same mm. time. Mm. Yeah. Are those aspects, you argue, the, the smaller, more niche uh, aspects of, of the, the hobby, the subgenres of the hobby perhaps, um, do you think that that to a certain extent also is the secret sauce behind how the scene has always been and still vibrant even now because again it's been around for years and you know I've I've been exposed to people who are into anime, uh, comic and gaming since I was in school. 
the community is still vibrant, but with I guess different focus and and I guess aspects as I suppose or perspectives. Uh, so so do you think that the rise in the smaller uh, subgenres or niche uh, interests within the hobby itself um, that I think to a certain extent help influence or help it sustain its I guess its its power you know sustain its uh, sustain yeah, power within the industry because because like you said you know you brought a very good point there cosplaying wasn't really a thing during during my time you know during, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah or rather it's a very small thing it was mm. like enjoyed by a group of like people <laughs> not mm. you know like now it's a mainstream thing where it's normal to talk about it. Yeah. In fact, I think people don't even bat an eye anymore when you say cosplay. Because last time, when you say cosplay, they say, what is that? What is that? Mm. We had to explain further what cosplay was last time. Mm. But I think it's because of accessibility as well. Uh, this, uh, at the moment, it's easier to get costumes and everything. So it's easier to actually... Uh, Indulge in the, com- in, the yeah, hobby also. In the hobby yeah, well, I think with yeah. the internet, mm. yeah, uh, e-commerce. Shopee, yeah, Taobao, all those. Previously, they had to craft their own costumes. Uh, so accessibility of the costumes is a bit hard. Mm, mm. Yeah, I guess yeah, cosplaying to a certain extent can be considered mainstream uh, or mm. a bit more common these days. But mm-hmm. any other, are there any other subgenres or niche interests within the ACG community that you've observed gaining more popularity in Malaysia these days? I mean, one I can think of the head right now is VTubers. Yeah, okay, we thought the same thing. I think it gained more popularity during the COVID times because we couldn't go out. Then the only entertainment they had was through the screen. So VTubers were widely available. All right, so so that's uh, I guess a bit more popular now. Um, how, yeah, did, yeah. how did that Should translate be. to the any mangaki experience, the real life experience? Ah, very cool. I think yeah, we we actually will be hosting like a VTuber showcase that will see about hundred VTubers, well, hundred Malaysian, Malaysian VTubers. Because yeah. even previously, I never knew that we have that many. <laughs> VTubers. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not. I'm not into VTubers, but I I do respect their their work, of course. Um, and I love what they do. Just that uh, I wasn't aware that we have that many. Um, so for at least at Animangaki, we will be able to see them showcase their character. So we actually have a life-size standees of their characters. And because there's like a hundred of them, right? Mm. I mean, I don't think we get a whole hundred, but it's like maybe about 50 or 70 of the standees. Then I think fans will be able to not only go there and know about one uh, VTuber, but they will be able to explore other VTubers as well. So I think that's great. Um, and then I think they will be doing some pre-recordings prior to Animangaki 2 that they will showcase mm. at uh, Animangaki itself. So, mm. Mm, so it's about a meet and greet kind of. It's not a meet. Meet in the meet VTubers. The you don't really get to greet the person in, in real life. But yeah, you get to at least meet the VTubers. Yeah. yeah. Is this something that's a bit more challenging to execute uh, in person considering, I mean, VTuber tend to be a lot, uh, mostly virtual, right? So so, so mm-hmm. as much as I think there is that appeal of actually uh, meeting your VTuber in person, how, how did you go about executing it yeah, to make it a bit more, I guess, realistic, I suppose, or, or seamless enough that people would want to attend the event to finally meet their favourite VTubers? Right. I think it really depends on the VTubers themselves too. Mm. If they want uh, their identity to be seen, then it's very easy to just have them there and be talking to the public or right, you know, to the attendees. Hey, you know, I yeah, this is my character. Very proud of it too, right? But then if those who require some sort of like, uh, you know, they need to be hidden, then I think we, we previously did one for a video too, right? That we had to, uh, how to say, we had to do a separate recording or something like that. Or, or they have to live stream from somewhere. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So with the live stream. So the internet has to be really good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those uh, don't want to show their face right in public, <laughs> but they still want to interact with the crowd. 
So then you have a two-way webcam or this mm, thing going on. Yeah. Mm. So it's more the technological part already. Mm. <laughs> but otherwise, if those who are who just want to showcase themselves or like in person, they don't mind their identity being shown, then that is no problem at They'll all. It's very easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Alright, yeah. yeah. Uh, 11 years ago, Animangaki had around like 4,500 visitors and the following year, I think uh, 8,000 visitors. You guys are quite transparent in publishing these numbers oh, yeah, yeah, on your okay, okay. website. <laughs> uh, which then nearly quintupled to 35k last year, which is safe to assume that I think these numbers are also represent the you know, as we were talking about the rapidly growing SCG scene in Malaysia, right? Mm. What do you think factored in this growth, you know? Um, as in, yeah, we've spoken about it earlier, but but mm. but especially for Anima Gaki specifically, the numbers kept on rising. So why are people, you know, coming to your event you know, and the numbers seem to be growing? Uh, yeah, I think it's... I think, okay, well, the, the, that, that number, specifically 35,000, it was like the... We were the first, I think, major convention after COVID. Mm. Mm. So probably there was like a high interest from the public to like, what exactly the convention and ACG convention look like? So they experienced the small scales, small more mm. more events, yeah. but what does an actual convention look like? So I think that was probably one of the contributing factor for sure. But of course we've been we've been in the scene for so long, <clears throat> so I think the community coming back in full force to support it <laughs> was also probably <laughs> the reason why I think, yeah. yeah. Mm. And advocating for it, yeah. Um, going back in observing the the the, the scene, um, are there any unique characteristics or trends that differentiate the local scene uh, from those in other countries? Mm. If I were to say something that we have that is different from other countries is the probably the hijab cosplay culture. Mm. I think that is somewhat unique to Malaysia, or at least we start we kick started it, and uh, it's it's pretty cool because even I think at one point NHK came down to uh, you know check this out. Mm. They check this phenomenon out because they've never it's heard this. Rare, yeah. Yeah. Was was very rare in Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also very new to them. So um, I think that one is at least for me is a standout. That I'm glad to see now more people are involved in it and also they even have competitions now hijab cosplay competition for example which is nice oh for me uh this feedback i got was from one of my niece because she's living in australia mm. and when i showed her what animagaki had on stage uh she was quite shocked also because uh, we do have bands uh performing idol groups performing and in australia she mentioned that there's not many band performers over there there's only like idol uh, groups that will be performing. Uh, so this one, she found it quite interesting to have it in Malaysia that the, the stage is also quite filled with performances of this kind of uh, performances. There's a like variety mm. uh, in our, mm. our stage performance. Yeah. understand. Mm. All right, yeah. So the, the focus of your event has always been to, I guess, to an extent, celebrate the community, right? Mm, correct. I, I think uh, the community, they're, they're, they're the attendees, which obviously we want to celebrate, but, but there are also um, a lot of uh, local artistic talents that you want to showcase as well, right? So how are you planning to go about this um, this year? Ah, um, artists. Local artists. Uh, mm. So as in, we are talking about, um, I would say the drawing, drawing. kind of artists. Mm. Okay, like I guess for Adi Mangaki, it's always been, um, we, have, we have artist booths, we have like 200 plus of them, individual artists mm, that yep. set up their booth and sell their, their things. Um, they have self-published works. Anywhere, anywhere from like button badges to like fan arts of the series they like. And then we also do have like art competitions and occasionally we do, uh, we, we get lucky, we have a brand work together with local talents. Like for example, this year, <clears throat> we have Sakura Malaysia who's working with uh, Malaysia Comics Community. Um, so they're working with four four local, local artists, artists yeah, mm. to do live drawing. So these are the things we try very hard to um, get the community integrated. 
But yeah, I mean, for us, we try to... Uh, these are the few efforts that we're trying to at least get the artists to be more recognised. And uh, yeah, we hope to actually do more in of such collaboration in the future too, to really like showcase that we have so many uh, talented very talented artists, artists in Malaysia. Mm. Yeah, honestly, we do. We have a lot. Uh, mm. Yeah, very hidden ones too. <laughs> Um, you have been doing this for I mean this is the 15th iteration of Animangaki yeah. um, do you ever feel the pressure to bring something totally new or different to the table every time or is it just a matter of making sure that um, the community is supported that every day is, is, is all about uh, I guess serving the community and, and that's enough or yeah is there like an actual pressure to, to be able to like okay you know let's, let, let's diversify let's, bring, let's do something different let's bring something fresh to the table I think for us, uh, every year is a new challenge for us. Uh. We try to bring something different. We try to do something different. Uh, if one thing doesn't work the previous years, then we also try to tweak it. But we are always uh, finding things new, new things to do every year so that it's... Uh, the not event boring. Is, yeah. yeah, the event is fresh, not boring. Yeah. Yeah, something different. As you see, a lot of other events are popping up also. So we're trying to create something different mm. uh, for the attendees. Uh. It was Jolin Lim and she's joined by Yvonne Singh. They're the directors for one of Malaysia's biggest ACG conventions, Animangaki. Going for a short break, more chats on Animangaki after messages from our sponsors. In the meantime, here's a tune from JKT48, an Indonesian-Japanese idol girl group that's scheduled to be there this weekend. This is JKT48 with their first original single, Rhapsody. I'm Anif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Barudin and joining me in the studio today are the directors of Animangaki, Yvonne Singh and Jolene Lim. They're here ahead of Animangaki 2023, happening this weekend from the 25th to 27th of August. We've been talking about the ACG scene as it becomes more popular now and to continue the chat, we're going to focus on the challenges that they face in organising conventions of this nature and magnitude. Oh man, I think <laughs> Ani Mangaki still falls under the event management like event management category. So right. every problem that event management has is it does apply. Mm. So I think personally for me, I think the worst is always or the probably the hardest. I wouldn't say the worst. Will always be people management. <laughs> <laughs> because you never know what will happen, right? Now when the people management is also internally and externally. So meaning, of course, uh, the people that you work with, mm. you never know when they might, um, you know, fall sick, for example, or they lose their motivation, or they change their priorities. So these are these are also internals, but externals you get maybe attendees that are very rowdy, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or they wanna they wanna do something, <laughs> leave their legacy, or maybe for that fifteen minute of fame, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, so then then we we will have to call the security on them. <laughs> Just joking, but yeah, those those do happen too. <clears throat> so yeah, like I say, for me personally, it's always been people management, uh. mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, that, that's a very interesting point that that you brought up because I think to a certain extent, sometimes uh, you know people can be quite passionate about about about, yes, about their fandom or about uh, the, the things that they're into, but at the same time, yeah, 
like you said, you know, there are some people that want to leave a mark, I suppose, mm. or, or you know, sometimes they get can get a bit too over eager, carried, over carried away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, how did you go about managing that and making sure that you know, as much as this is a space for them to have fun, that you don't cross the line or you don't, I guess, or you you make sure that at the end of the day it becomes um, safe, safe enough for all, right? Yeah, right. Correct, correct. I think for yeah for us during the events, right, we try to manage people by um, posting it online, making sure that uh, we yeah, give the them rules, rules the and rules, regulations. Yeah. But also, it's quite unique that our community also uh, police themselves. Mm, so yeah, yeah, if yeah. they see anything wrong, they'll come to us. And then we will take action from there. Yeah. Mm. So they do police themselves. Lah. They, they do help us like maintain the peace during the event as well. Yeah, if anything, they'll take it to social media. Lah. Ah, yes. <laughs> I think this is a very common <laughs> common place now. Mm. Is, that, is that something that's also risky as well? Because to an extent, I mean, I mean, taking it to social media yes, seems yes, to be yes. the way to go to these days. But yeah, as organizers, I'm sure you, you perhaps have a different way of approaching it, right? I suppose. Uh, of course. Uh, I mean, we try to always educate people to say, hey, can we... Uh, can we like just talk first. about it first mm. because you never know like what is actually going on, right? So we try to resolve the the issue internally. Of course, not to shame the victim or you know uh, we don't know, right? Because yeah. sometimes things happen too quickly. Everyone's having a adrenaline rush. Then we do things out of emotions. Then certain lines get crossed. So we try to manage that. At least we tell people like, hey, let's de-escalate the whole situation, and then resolve the issue together. Yeah, that's the point. And then if we do need to involve the local authorities, then so be it. Mm. But sometimes maybe, you know, it's a lot of resolution that can be done internally, uh, just between conversations. As adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, all right, okay. Um, 15 years of Animangaki. Um, have man, you man, every time you repeat it, right, I will feel I'm getting older. <laughs> 15 years, 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> no, the idea is to get you to reflect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's, I think, precisely the next question. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, have you sure. ever, I guess, uh, reflected on it? And yeah, how, 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 do you, how do you actually feel about you know, about it? You know, 15 years of, of, of doing this. Yeah. I think every year we both ask, our, ask ourselves, uh, why are we still doing this? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work and uh, yeah. So work then. That, that's the reflection out. point, la. Yeah. I mean, it's not meant to be anything bad. It's just <laughs> like, man, this is a, this is like another roller coaster, right? Mm. We're going again, you know. Why we do this? But it's always cool once I think the event ends and the adrenaline rush is there, right? And mm. everyone's very happy. They're like, oh, thank you so much. Mm. That kind of uh, oh, yeah, yeah the, so happy, you know. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for doing animangaki. Uh, so I said, no, no, don't thank yourself for actually like <laughs> being Coming, with us yeah. still, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, to, I think since when I started this in 2009, I never, uh, it was for fun, right? Didn't expect it to grow this, this big, yeah. size. Mm. And uh, for it to then after also uh, become something that means something to other people, I think that is a very humbling experience overall. Mm. Yeah. And it's still something that I'm still trying to process. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> is that why you keep coming back? Yeah. Because sometimes they can be fatigued as well, right? I mean, you yes, can be passionate yeah. about certain things, but sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to, like, you know, want to do something new, especially as you grow older, want to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that does happen. La. That does happen uh, from time to time. But, like, Yvonne shared, after the event and people start, like, uh, saying words of thank you and how appreciative they are, then that adrenaline and motivation will start to get, uh, will come back again and you repeat the whole process again. Yeah, mm. it's like a <laughs> dose of happiness or something mm. like that, yeah. you know? But I, I think the event itself uh, has been quite interesting because it, it how to say, um, there were people that benefit from it. So we have people who jump-started their career, basically. Uh, or, you know, they use Animangaki as a platform to like maybe start their first booth. Or they 
joined their first cosplay competition mm-hmm. and now yep. they are like a cosplay celebrity, for example. Yep. These are things that, you know, for us also, it's very surreal. <clears throat> so I had uh, like a, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose her name, but she was she used to be a, I mean, <clears throat> she was a, she's a TikTok star now, right? But then I think the first time I met her, she would say like, yeah, I think Mangahi is her first event. So things like that. I think where I feel a bit like, whoa. <laughs> she was what? When she was, she attended Animanga, she was 14. Now she's like 20 something, right? Mm. Yeah, I think these these are times when it's I feel so the awesome. surrealness of, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then, and then people do meet their significant other at Animagaki too. Mm. So that's the other cute bit about <laughs> <laughs> We've seen people grow old together with Animangaki. That's also another cute. Now they have a kid. <laughs> together, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Single and then marry and then mm. they, you know, they got kid now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, by now, Animangaki is an established player in the industry, in the scene. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we've spoken about the proliferation of a lot more of these events uh, have happening you know, almost on a weekly basis these days. Um, have you ever felt a bit threatened by it despite, you know, being big uh, yourself? Uh, do, do you ever feel like, okay, you know, these smaller events, uh, I mean, might not have the same quote-unquote impact as animangaki, but uh-huh. um, they might lead to event fatigue for people, you know, Especially because mm. Animaki is always organized um, in the middle of the year, right around August. Yeah, around August. Yeah. Yes, so, right. so, so, for example, you know, if you have anime events happening on a weekly basis from January, yeah, you might lead to event fatigue, right? So, so, I mean, as much as you guys are established, do you have any uh, worry on on perhaps you know those things affecting um, Animaki? Yeah. I understand your point of view. Um, personally, I don't feel that will be the case because I think one thing with um, event fatigue it will also lead to people being very selective of the kind of events that we attend. At least for us, when we organize Animangaki, our heart is always to, you know, for the community. <clears throat> so it's not so much of like being the biggest or being the most... Uh, the largest. The largest. Mm. The biggest, largest. The biggest, largest. <laughs> <laughs> numbers, 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 mm. right? Yep. So for us, um, it's not about always chasing about that, uh, that. As long as it's able to sustain the event as a whole and, you know, we can celebrate the community and show... Show the world what a Malaysian anime, com- uh, anim- animation, comics, co- games community looks like. I think that is already a huge achievement to us. Mm. So whether let's say if um the attendees get for I mean when the, when it comes to the topic of attendees getting fatigued from events, they'll get more selective, and that also then challenges us to then answer like how can we then be that event that people will still be putting on their top to 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 do list right even though they are having that event fatigue. I think this is this is part of the game here for us, which is uh, then I think it's in a positive side of things. It's fun, nah. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of a challenge, right? Every year is a new challenge. Mm. Mm. All right. Does the pandemic um, that happened? I think a couple of years ago. Um, I think the twenty twentieth edition was cancelled. Um, but you organized an online version of it in 2021, yeah. right? Yeah. Due to due to the pandemic. Uh, yeah. What was it like and how's the reception for, for that particular version of Animangaki that's virtual? <laughs> that one was a very huge challenge because uh, the team itself so wasn't very well-versed with how to do online events. Mm. So actually, we did two online events. One was on 2020 and one was 2021. Um we started from scratch. Uh, yeah, we learned and, the OBS yeah. system, how to, <laughs> how to stream and all those things. Live streaming. How and to, during yeah. COVID also, we weren't allowed to gather. So that one was another challenge. Uh, most of the meetings and plannings were done remotely. Remotely, uh, We only gathered in, in 2020 during the stream, the streaming. The actual uh, streaming. Actual yeah. streaming of the week. Lor. But um, 
I think 2021 was the most challenging one because that time COVID was very high. Even when we were doing our events or so, we were all remote. Mm. Mm. So streaming was actually done remotely at other people, uh, each other places. We only connected through online. So mm. yeah, internet, uh, internet that was, was very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this one dropped, then the whole thing lagged, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it was a, a fun process. La. We got to learn new things. Then we got to, to also communicate and uh, interact with uh, our local ACG community la, and also outside. We reached out to the other countries as well mm. Mm, to tell them that, hey, we're still alive. Uh, how are you guys doing during the pandemic? Mm. It's a way to connect with the others. La. And interestingly, because of our two online events, we are like, oh, our record has been up. <laughs> the streak is still there. Mm. I guess we still have Ani Mangake every year, technically, mm. for the last 15 years. 15 years, uh. It's a running joke, actually, <laughs> within the community. <laughs> oh, the, okay, fantastic. All right, uh, going back to the the community and the CG scene here in Malaysia, uh, given the dynamic nature of the scene, uh, how do you keep up with the changing interests and preferences of attendees um, to ensure the events remain engaging? Yeah. Well, personally for me, because it's now part of a, my lifestyle to be hanging around uh, people who have genuine interest in uh, this. And also, uh, you're talking about professionally also, like business-wise, where, whereby people have interest in this culture too. So there's a lot of info sharing in between. On top of that, personal consumption as well. And I think we've been surrounded by uh, a lot of younger people <laughs> too oh, that's yes. like highly passionate about sharing um, yeah, I think it's all about communication and info sharing at this point. Uh, that's how we're able to keep up. Um, of course, every year after Animaki, we do post a survey uh, that we gather from our fans to see like what you know, what are new what things they that they want to see. Yeah. yeah, or like is there anything that they are unhappy with, or is there something that they want to keep? And this is how we kind of adjust every year. Mm. Mm. Must Animaki stay current or trendy enough? for visitors or because there's that sense of community people are still a bit more forgiving if it's not quote unquote up to date you know for example because like, mm. some people can be very like okay you know if we're organizing this in August it must include things that have just happened in July or you know this latest trend that is just pop up in July kind of thing ah, I think the cute thing is that it would organically happen only because someone in the community would definitely propose it mm. so then we are like Okay, <laughs> sounds like a plan. Let's go. You know, <laughs> if it if it complements, I guess there's no issue integrating it. So we, but there, it's always a constant pressure. Yes, like to be very up to date with new things. Are like, oh, this is the hottest anime right now. Therefore, there is an expectation to include this hottest anime inside your event, mm. some way or other. Then they will tell you things like, gotta invite the voice actress, gotta <laughs> invite the manga artist, mm, maybe no, anime studio. <clears throat> <laughs> but it always boils down to feasibility. Yeah. I mean, like as much as you want to make demands to have these people appear, people do need to understand that they also have a very packed schedule, or maybe it's just it's just it's just impossible to bring them down because of other various reasons. <clears throat> mm. Do the expectations grow bigger the longer you're in the scene, and the bigger you are? Definitely, yes, <laughs> yes, that's, definitely, that's definitely, yes. <laughs> I think because we we get a mixed bag of crowd too. Like you know, there there are crowd that have certain expectations that we need to hit a certain mm. milestone, and then there's another crowd where it's just like, hey, we know Animaga is very community, and you know, it's chill. Every year, I just come to hang out with everyone, so we get a mixed bag of people. Yeah, mm. you can see that in the the polarizing, uh, you know, of opinions in our surveys also. Uh. yeah. 
I think that's the beauty of it. It's very different, right? So we have to try to cater to both sides also. We try to make that balance mm. as best as possible, yeah. Yeah, in terms of the uh, crowd, um, do you get perhaps more expectations from the younger crowd or the people, the most senior figures who have been around? <laughs> right now, because the whole post-COVID, we see a lot of uh, the younger crowd coming to the events and they're more... They're very vocal too. They're, uh, very, they're vocal. very vocal. So they express more on what <laughs> what expectation they have on us uh, more than the senior uh, crowd. La. The seniors are there because they they grew up with Animangaki. They, they see it as a... Uh, what? Like a pilgrimage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind to use that word, but that's pilgrimage. I can't find okay. a better word, but uh, yeah. Home. Every year. Yeah. Uh, Balai Kampung, Balai Kampung. Balai Kampung, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Balai Kampung, yes. Mm. Speaking of Balai Kampung, uh, this year's uh, event uh, is going to be happening this weekend, uh, 25th onwards, 27, right? 25th yeah. to 27th of August. Uh, the theme for this year is going to be space. Um, mm, yeah. Okay, what can visitors expect for this year's uh, event? Ooh. I mean, you can expect the... The, the regular animangaki setup, which is we have our <laughs> stage performance, our exhibitor booth, yeah, yeah, exhibitor yeah. booth, the artist the booth. We have the cosplay alley that I think easily the top fifty cosplayers from Southeast Asia, Asia will be there. Mm. Um, Panels and workshops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apart from that, also we have uh, special guests that are coming as well. Um, Haken uh, is one of them. Uh, there's also JKT that will be our JKT forty eight. Yeah, who will be doing the mini live. Mm. On day two, uh, 26 August, yeah. Mm. They'll be performing on our stage, uh, yeah. And then we have Yusuke Kozaki, who is the illustrator, illustrator for Pokemon Go and uh, Fire Emblem mm. <coughs> we series. Also, yeah, we also have a shamisen player from Japan, uh, Keisuke Ito. And other than, one more is... We, oh yeah, for the first yeah. time, we, are, we, we brought in an anime Please. studio. <laughs> so this is, this is like momentous for us because we've been, yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a very, very long mm. time. And uh, Comics Wave is actually making their first international convention appearance at Animangaki. Mm. Um, Comi- Comics Wave is well known for their works. I think you've seen them in the cinema, right? <laughs> uh, your Name, uh, Suzume, uh, Weathering With You, some of their titles, mm. award-winning titles. So... Yeah, definitely, definitely come and check them out. Give them a lot of love and support. Because <laughs> at least uh, we want them to know also that, hey, you know, Malaysia has like so many fans of yours yeah. here. Yeah. We'll also be screening one of their titles called Garden of Words during Animagaki. So if you want to check their work out, you can uh, head on to the panel room mm-hmm. on Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Mm. Are there any elements in Animangaki 2023 that uh, celebrate Malaysia's unique cultural identity while still embracing the global ACG culture? Mm. Okay, I think one thing unique yeah. about Animangaki is that we're always in August. Mm. So we do make it a point to actually celebrate Merdeka uh, on our stage. So what we do is either we get the performer to help um, and sing a song, Merdeka, a Merdeka song, or then we will get the um, the crowd Involved as well, so we'll all sing Merdeka song together. Mm, okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Looking ahead, where do you envision uh, the Malaysian ACG scene heading in the next few years? Are there any specific um, trends or developments um, that you anticipate? Man, this one is a very deep question because <clears throat> honestly, we don't really know where it's going to head. But I, I would just think it will be even more mainstream to the point that it's people don't bet and I. When let's say I turn 80 and I'm wearing a Pokemon t-shirt, no one's going to judge me. <laughs> I think it's happening right now as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, yeah. <clears throat> because I think <clears throat> whenever we talk about uh, anime, even when I think I tell people what I do, there will still be that small judgment, <clears throat> right? Of like, why are you doing something so childish, right, per se, right? But I think, like I said, it will, it will keep being more mainstream to a point that 
people can't refute its existence anymore. <laughs> and it will be just like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's like so normal, right? Very normal. Part of the so culture. you like Pokemon? Oh, okay, cool. Like, that's I it. like Pokemon too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we liked it before it became cool, yeah. right? And then now it's so cool that even like, I think when we're talking to kids in general, um, and they list, like, for example, they like, they like Demon Slayer. Mm. We are having com- like very heated conversation with like kids these days. So very relatable. It's very cool. Even the parents are shocked sometimes. They're like, what? You can gel with my son. My son barely talks about anything else but this. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's very fascinating also. Yeah, so you will cross generations now, yeah. which is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. And how do you see Animangaki's uh, role evolving in the context of these future trends that you mentioned within the ACG community? Like, 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 do you envision yourself to keep on just doing what you have been doing so far? Or will your role, you know, Animangaki's role also eventually change? Ah, I think not so much of changing, but I think maybe we will continue to evolve and diversify. Uh, I would always say this also, like, as long as the community needs us, Animangaki will still continue to exist. Mm. Uh, if not, then we'll just schooling Tika. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll always be for the community. Yeah. So, mm. it, yeah. And if they if they think that it, that it's an important need to change, then um, we we'll will also, yeah, mm. we'll definitely hear them out and uh, we'll adjust uh, for sure. All right. Okay. And on that note, thank you so much for speaking to me, uh, Yvonne and Jolene. Uh, so, Animangaki. Likewise. Thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you. All right. This year's Animangaki is happening on the 25th to the 27th of August at uh, Minds International Exhibition and Convention Center. Uh, for people out there who would like to find out more about the event, where can they go to? They can head on to our website, www.animangaki.com, or they can head on to one of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to find out more details about Animangaki. Alright, and it's a ticketed event, right? Yes, yes correct. So you can actually get our tickets now already online and we definitely encourage you to uh, <laughs> if you don't want to queue very long on event day. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Alright, uh, any tips on, you know, for especially for uh, first-timers, you know, any, any tips on how they should go about it? Uh, your survival kit. Survival the survival <laughs> kit. So definitely water, definitely some snacks. Uh, if you're going to queue for something for a while, especially, right? Um, yeah, make sure you bring those because we do get people that faint from like queuing very long. Yeah. yeah. If they want to plan out their visit, they can head on to our website, download our booklet, the schedules, activities, all are there so they can pre-plan their plan before heading on. Yeah, so correct. Because it's like, there will be so many activities happening yeah. concurrently that, you know, if you don't want to miss one or the other, then it's best to plan ahead. <laughs> okay, what you want to see, for example, panel session or mm. the stage performance, they're located in two different locations. <laughs> so you just need to make sure you know where you're going to go at what time. Yeah. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and I've been speaking to Yvonne Singh and Jolene Lim, directors of Animangaki ahead of the 2023 edition happening this weekend. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also listen to this episode and many others on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city we'll be back next week but in the meantime here's another tune from JKT48 to end this episode this is Heavy Rotation join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station
You've been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.